Welcome to Everything is Better Than You Think, a podcast where we focus on mental health, spirituality, and overall well-being. If you struggle with anxiety or depression, or are just seeking a higher quality of life, this podcast is for you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Rick Johns, and I'm here with my brother, Will. Welcome, everyone. Episode three in our Pain and Pleasure series, and today we are going to be talking about pain and pleasure, specifically running away from pain, or pain avoidance, we might say, and also we're going to talk about running towards pain, but who would ever want to do that? (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't make any sense, does it? (laughs) No, but we're, we're going to talk about it, and maybe, maybe we can even make a case that there are good reasons to run towards pain in some occasions. Yeah, but before we get to that, uh, we've got to address the idea of running away from pain because that's just what we naturally do as human beings. And yes. it, it reminds me, Rick, of an experience I had. I was newly married. I had no idea how to manage money or finances. And my wife and I were both in school getting graduate degrees. And essentially, my way of dealing with our finances was to close my eyes. Like, <laughs> I decided I just wasn't going to look. I yeah. didn't even look at the checking account to see how that was going. <laughs> I was just kind of in denial, like, like yeah. closing my eyes and crossing my fingers and hoping it would all magically work out. Sure. Well, in the midst of that, uh, my wife and I had a conversation and we decided we wanted to give a little money back to her parents who had been incredibly generous in giving a lot of money towards our wedding. We had a beautiful wedding and they invested heavily in making that happen. I agreed with her. I said, you know, that that would be a really nice gesture. And uh, <laughs> so we, we decided to write them a check for $500 just as a way of saying thank you for your generosity for a beautiful mm-hmm. wedding. We mailed it off to them, and then a few days later, my wife came to me and said, hey, uh, you know that check that we sent to my parents? They went to cash it, and it bounced. (laughs) And that that pain of hearing those words, (laughs) that was my wake-up call that I needed to face uh, my finances and not run away from them. (laughs) Wow, well... It's surprising that they uh, still accepted you into the family after that. That's probably not the best start uh, to a new marriage. This guy's really going to take care of my daughter. Yeah. <laughs> can't even can't even keep $500 in his checking account. Yeah, that's pretty embarrassing, but that's exactly the kind of thing that uh, I think happens to a lot of us and I don't think most of us would admit it, but we probably do avoid like looking at our bank account at times or looking into things that we know we might receive some sort of pain or bad news. So ignorance is bliss, as they say. That's one way we deal with it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And it's very natural. Like, I don't want anyone listening to be hard on themselves because your natural tendency is to run away from pain. I, I don't know that any, I don't know anyone that doesn't have that natural tendency. I think it's just you know, innate in all of us. But the question I have for you, Rick, is uh, why do you think most people run away from pain? 
Um, that's a great question. I think there are several several reasons. I mean, obviously, it could be scary, fear. Fear is kind of behind a lot of why we try to avoid uncomfortable or painful situations. We're afraid that it might be worse than it is, or it might lead to something worse that we just don't want to deal with. Um, obviously, it, just the simple fact it doesn't feel good. I think in some cases, we're worried uh, there's no hope for this situation. This situation may never end. There's no way to fix it. So we don't want to deal with it because we see mm. no no solution. You know, um, I think a lot of my life, that's one of the reasons if I don't feel like I have any kind of solution or any way to solve it or, or handle it or I don't know what to do, then I just try to avoid it. Mm. I think mm. that's common for us. Yes. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think pain usually involves a lot of uncertainty and discomfort. Mm. And especially those situations that you just mentioned, Rick, where it's, it's one thing if the situation is small and one small action of pain will solve it. Mm-hmm. Then that's easy to kind of kind of take on, you know? Sure. But there are some bigger issues where we have no idea. Like if we look at it, we have no idea if it'll get better or not. We have no idea of if there is a way out of it. And, and now we're talking about things like complicated relationships. Mm-hmm. We're talking about things where maybe you feel stuck in a job that, you know, it feels like a dead end, but you don't know what you could do instead and you need the money. Right. Um, maybe we're talking about health issues that you're not sure if there's, you know, any answer in the medical field that could address your problem. So some of those bigger ones are yeah. so uncomfortable yeah. because of the uncertainty. Yeah, and you just reminded me as you're talking, especially with the health issues, uh, us men are notorious for not wanting to go to the doctor, mm-hmm. even when we're seeing some warning signs or feeling some things that are probably not right. Um, we we don't want to hear the bad news. We don't want, what if it is cancer? What if it is something terrible? You know, I'd rather not know. I'd rather not deal with it and just kind of pretend that it's going to go away or it's just probably something minor so I don't have to worry about it. We do attend to av- uh, att- we do tend to avoid those situations where we're afraid or we we're very uncertain about the result. Yes, yeah. And and we we actually uh load ourselves up with a lot of needless pain because of our refusal to face those health issues. <laughs> right, right. And so that that's kind of where we're headed today. And and we're not fans of pain, we need to say that. But we are going to start talking about how do we approach pain in a healthy way instead of just automatically avoiding it. Yeah, our ultimate goal in today's episode is to help everyone to feel less pain, actually. <laughs> but but it's it 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 involves changing our attitude towards pain itself. Exactly. It's kind of counterintuitive. Now, you know, last week, we kind of talked about the dream, or the fantasy, I should say, that we all have where we we think about our imagined life with no pain at all. Mm. Like, what would that be like just to just to be sitting around feeling good 24-7. Like there's something very appealing about that image. And, and we talked about the fact that we all have access now in the, in the modern developed 
first world to a feel-good button of some sort, mm. whether it's a snack or some food, whether it's something, an app on our phone or a website that we like to go to on the phone or you name it, a show that we like watching on Netflix. And we can push that button mm-hmm. over and over and over again. And whenever we feel discomfort, we could push the button. Yeah. But we realized in talking about it last time that when we overdo that, we pay a high price. Oh, absolutely. And I know for me, there's been many things. Well, I think it's just very human of us, right? To kind of find some sort of button, find something that we just kind of enjoy and then get then get hooked on it. I remember the first time, not too long ago, actually, because I'm a little slow on these things, but I remember the first time I discovered Instagram Reels. And then <laughs> I would swipe and, and there would be something funny or some animal doing something crazy. And then I would hit like, and then they would give me others like that. And I'd be sitting there laughing. And then next thing you know, I'd look up and it'd be like an hour later. And I'm like, uh, oh my goodness, like I was just checking Instagram to see if any of my friends had posted something, you know, to connect with people. My intention was good, but I got sucked into the reels and hitting that button over and over. And then now I've, I've just wasted time that I actually needed for other things. And I, I'm sure nobody else has fallen into that trap, <laughs> but it's something that, you know, it can still happen to me today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and in that moment... The attraction is that's that's a quick escape from reality. Yes. You know, just click on a cute little animal doing something and it's hilarious. And and you're out of reality for just that moment. But then you end up out of reality for a lot longer than you intended. Yes. <laughs> for sure. Because of the addictive nature of of how all of this stuff is set up uh, with Instagram, TikTok, and and you name it. Um these these companies that are making these products, they know what they're doing. For sure. They know how our brain works. They know how we're trying to avoid pain. And they know how to addict us in to their product. And and that yeah. makes them a lot of money. So yeah. uh, they, they win, but we lose if we are not in control of that process. Absolutely. Um, you know, I think of I think of something that as I look back on my pain avoidance tendencies, um, I have probably most of my life attempted to avoid uncomfortable conversations. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember especially a time where um, many years ago, it's probably you know over 15 years ago now, I was in a church and I had some conflict with some of the members. And I remember this one evening where... Um, I was supposed to go and lead out at a prayer meeting, but I knew uh, two or three members were going to be there that were really upset with me at the Mm. moment. And I kept thinking about how awkward that was going to be. And I built it up in my head to the point that I just lost all will to go to that prayer meeting. (laughs) (laughs) And so I called up my head elder and I asked him to lead out for me. And I made some flimsy excuse, I forget what it was, like I wasn't feeling good or, you know, whatever. I, and it was true, I wasn't feeling good, but not physically, it was emotionally. Yeah. And I remember that by running away from it, by avoiding the problem, the problem actually got bigger in my head. Yeah, 
I felt worse sitting at home avoiding that. Yeah. Probably 10 times worse than if I had just gone to it and faced the music, you know? And not to mention, now you don't get to come home having faced it. Right. Now it stays right. with you because you avoided it. Yes. Now I still got it because <laughs> it didn't go anywhere. Uh, yeah. It's still there waiting for me. Yeah. Well, you so. know, Will, this idea of just kind of hitting the pill to try to avoid pain, um, very literally, we're having an epidemic in our country uh, and in the world, I think, with the opioid crisis. Yes. Um, yes. We came up with pills that very effectively eliminate pain. Yes. And people who have been in pain, I mean, we understand that there is a place for these pills. We're not suggesting they're never to be used by any means. But we see in our country the crisis that's developed and and all the loss of life by people who have overdosed, people who have gotten addicted to these. It's very addictive when you say, wow, I can feel no pain and feel great if I just take a pill. Oh, yeah. And the accessibility. If those pills are sitting right next to me mm-hmm. and I'm in an awful amount of pain, yeah, the chances of me resisting the temptation to sure. not pop one of those yeah. is about zero. And, and, and essentially, that's kind of an extreme example of, of a situation we're all in every day because our phone... Is a is a lighter version of it. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. sitting there, yep. Usually in our pocket or in our hand. Yeah, <laughs> it's like right at our fingertips, literally. And and I can click click on that Instagram reel and and just escape a little bit. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. always there, tempting yeah. us to avoid yeah. rather than face. Yeah, and the the part that we're emphasizing from the book that. Uh, Dr. Lemke uh, makes such a great point, which is you never can fully avoid the pain. It will catch up to you at some point. So you can take the pill, you can do the Instagram reel. It will avoid pain for a little while, but eventually then the pain comes in stronger waves. And and the other piece that I think we have to mention here again, we talked about this last week, but I think this is so crucial, is remember any addiction ends up obliterating your ability to feel pleasure in anything else but the addiction itself. Mm. So those that are addicted to opioids, like they lose all interest in any of the other joys of life. Yeah. Like they can't enjoy sunset. They can't yeah. enjoy time with friends. They can't enjoy a good meal. All they can think about is the next pill. Mm-hmm. And so that's the danger, like on a, on a smaller scale, on a, you know, think in terms of a, you know, scale that way back, that's the extreme version. That's the danger of, of our smaller addictions is that they can eventually erode our ability mm. to enjoy the simple pleasures of life that have no negative side effects. Yeah. You know, where, where all of these kind of more extreme pleasures have a lot of negative side effects right. that go with them, which in the end, yes, we avoid pain in the moment, and then we feel even worse pain in the long term. And that's that teeter-totter balance that we talked yes. about in the first 
uh, two episodes where your ba- your brain naturally wants to balance pain and pleasure. So you have to be aware of that. It can't have a hundred percent pleasure. It's not something that's going to be possible. Yes, and so the the science and the research kind of blows up our fantasy that we can live life without pain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, we wish we wish it could tell you today and be telling the truth that that's possible, but it's just not. It's that's not good, an option. And what we're trying to say, too, is that's a good thing, because actually you need pain. There is something called useful pain, and it's mm-hmm. actually a very common part of our everyday life, and it's something that we need to pay attention to and appreciate and value, because now there is useless pain, but yes. the useful pain is something that we sometimes overlook. Absolutely. And I think when we start talking about um, things that we can intentionally do to deal with pain, step one for me, Rick, is always to eliminate all of the useless pain from my life. Okay. Because, you know, I'm going to get enough pain uh, as it is from the useful pain. (laughs) Uh, That'll be plenty to to restore the balance in my brain. (laughs) Yep. But why why experience pain that's that's unnecessary? Right. Yeah. If it's useless and has no purpose and no value, then let's not waste our time on it and waste our emotions on it and waste our pain center on it. Yes. Um, I think of different things in my life. I think number one, the useless pain would be the resistance that I have to so many like small things. And what I mean by that is the resistance of, oh, this is terrible. Like the story I'm telling myself in my head, you get stuck at a red light. Oh, I can't believe the light turned red. You know, this is horrible. And that's the, you know, there's a little bit of pain having to stop at a red light, especially if you're running late or in a hurry. But having all those negative thoughts and telling yourself this negative story and having all that resistance build up within me. That's useless. Yes. Because I'm not, it doesn't make the light turn green. Yeah. It doesn't speed me on my way. It doesn't get me to my destination at a a more, you know, effective time or get me there in the right frame of mind. Oh, yeah. And I I got a story that that fits that perfectly. And and this is also another example of useless pain is is when we just have these, these little klutzy accident moments Mm. and we beat ourselves up for that. Um, the other day I was eating a bowl of cereal, it was pretty full, uh, I think it was Cheerios, and had a bunch <laughs> of milk in there. And we have two new kittens uh, in our household now. We've had them the last couple of months, and they're very curious, and they can really jump, by the way. So they can, they can jump all the way up onto the kitchen table, just straight from the ground. So the one had just done that, and we're trying to teach her not to be on the table, obviously. We don't want her walking around while we're eating. <laughs> so I picked her up um, to to pull her off the table, and she swatted my cereal bowl on the way down. <laughs> <laughs> Smart cat. <laughs> and dumped it all over my pants. Like, it just... Oh. And, and so, you know... Uh, my initial reaction was to tell that story, you know, like, this is awful. Yeah. You know, what a pain. But I caught myself and I was able to just laugh at the situation, you know, mm. that, that the cat got me. Yeah. Uh, the cereal's all over my pants and on the floor. <laughs> and, you know, what did it do? It cost me about five minutes. 
And you guess know. who's lapping up the milk on the floor? It's a brilliant cat. <laughs> I mean, cat one, human zero. Yes, yes, exactly. That was a brilliant move. Even when she's being taken off, she still got the reward she wanted. Well, I think that's an exa- excellent example. Like, there's so many things in life uh, that we get all upset, worried, stressed, anxious. We resist. You know, even like you avoiding the prayer meeting that you said or the meeting with the church members. We, we build it up, and that's useless. That's useless pain. That's not serving any purpose, not bringing any value to our lives. So I like, I like your step one, Will. Let's try to eliminate that useless well, stuff. Well, and, and, and some of the other easy things to start with, because some of those bigger things are going to be harder, you know, like a huge, big confrontation with someone that you've been, yeah. you know, in conflict with. That, that one, uh, you may not be ready to run out and face that one you know, right away, but start with the smaller stuff, things like the weather. Mm. We can get bent out of shape because it rains when we don't want it to, or it's too hot or it's too cold. Mm. Um, Why not just let the weather be the weather? (laughs) You know, the resistance creates the real pain. Yeah. The weather doesn't create pain. The resistance to it is what creates the pain. Exactly. And and so sometimes, you know, it can be as simple as just changing the story to, oh, it's too hot, to isn't it amazing that we have a sun that warms our planet? And yeah. if we didn't, we'd all be dead now, you know? <laughs> exactly. So what a wonderful gift. Yeah. And I'll take the extra heat today because of that yeah. we have that gift, you know, so we can we can start telling a little bit of a different story, or we just let it go. Yeah, and just say, oh, the weather's the weather. Yeah, and that's all I need to think about it. <laughs> I think another form of useless pain is getting bent out of shape about what someone may say to you, or even worse, maybe more useless, getting bent out of shape when they express their opinion that you don't agree with. Mm. You hear someone at yes. work, or maybe you read something online, and they they say something that is on the wrong side of the truth or the wrong side of what you believe, and then you're just all angry at them. And there's just a lot of useless pain, and that person may not even know. Or maybe you go and argue with them, which is probably useless too, because if they are really convinced of their side and you're really convinced of your side... You can cause each other a lot of pain. You can, you know, this happens now on social media, of course. It can happen in real life, face-to-face. But either way, I think there's a lot of useless pain in those scenarios. Yeah, it's it's kind of like when I believe that I have to make somebody change their mind yeah. and see the world exactly like I do, I am going to be experiencing a lot of useless pain. Yep. Because <laughs> I'm not going to accomplish that. Yeah. You know, if there's one thing my my years of experience have taught me so far is I have changed very few people's minds on mm-hmm. almost anything. Yeah. If someone is seeking truth or information about something, I might have been able to assist them. Yeah. Like our listeners listening to this podcast, we may be helping you because you're looking for this information. Right. But if you aren't interested or you totally disagree with what we're saying, uh, you're not going to listen to us very long. We, we know that that's how it works. Yeah. You know? yeah. So people are, are pretty much stuck in their beliefs. Yeah. And we need to allow that to just be. Yeah. 
That's something else we can accept. And then it causes us so much less pain. Yeah. So step one, we eliminate the useless pain. And then step two is kind of the counterpart. We embrace the useful pain. Yes. Yes, Mm. absolutely. And so, Rick, that's a question I have for you is, what do you do to intentionally embrace some useful pain? and, And what benefit do you gain by doing that? So the first thing that comes to mind is just going to the gym. I go to the gym and I lift weights, which is painful some days, even more than others, (laughs) depending on my workout or depending how I feel that day. Um, One of the interesting things to notice as I've been doing this for a long time now is some days are better days naturally and some days, for whatever reason, are just hard. And you go there and it just like, like walking through deep mud, it just... I'm trying to do the reps and I'm exhausted or it just doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel great. So you just have some days where you have the energy, some days not as much energy, but you still show up and you do the workout and you get the reps in and you always feel better afterwards, always. And I love the benefits. The benefits that I get from working out are worth the pain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and to go back to that that pain teeter-totter that we've been talking about in your you know, in the brain is that when you work out, you're intentionally pushing down on the pain side. Mm-hmm. And then when you get done, your brain floods you on the pleasure side to yeah. restore the balance. Yeah. And and that comes with no negative side effect because mm-hmm. once you're flooded with that pleasure to restore the balance, you're in balance. So the brain's not going to Mm-hmm. put more pain on you. You already did the pain. Yeah. So you're done with it. Yeah. And and you're actually doing the opposite of what we naturally do, which is to push the pleasure side down and the brain has to like bring us down several notches by flooding us with pain. <laughs> exactly. But but your working out story reminds me of of kind of a a breakthrough, a mental breakthrough that I had in regards to pain. Way back to when you and I were training to do some distance running. Mm. And up till that point, I was typically running about three miles. That was like my limit. And I remember you and I went out the first time and, and we thought, you know, as we add distance trying to, we were, we were moving, I think we got all the way up to 12 miles in the end. But we, we started with, I think, a six mile run. And we said, you know, I think I told you, I said, I think I could do six miles. Mm-hmm. But I had it firmly in my head. I knew how tired I felt after running three. And I felt, I was sure I was going to keep feeling that bad for the next three miles when we did six. I was just certain of that. But after we did the three miles, you told me, all right, now you've got to uh, hydrate. You've got to drink some Gatorade. It's going to make a big difference. Get your electrolytes up, get hydrated. So I drank you know, eight to 12 ounces of Gatorade and went and then ran the next three miles. And it felt basically the same as the first three. Mm. By refueling, Mm -hmm. I was able to keep going in a way that I didn't believe that I could. Yeah. And, And in the end, it was just the soreness in my legs and feet a little bit that kind of stopped me after the six. And then slowly we had to build up just adding like a mile at a time 
uh, after that. And we finally got up to 12 miles. And when I was only running three, if you told me I was going to run 12, I'd be like, no way. No, yeah. that's way too painful. That's too much. But when I finally did it, I realized, oh, it's not that bad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you actually don't feel that much more pain. Right. It's just right. longer. That's yeah. all. So there's a really good lesson in that. And, uh, you know, I think, Will, too, this can apply not just in the physical, but the emotional world. Uh, there are times where we need to face difficult emotions, uh, wounds that we've received, things that we need to do on the emotional level or the spiritual level that are painful. And in fact, sometimes those wounds and those those issues can be more painful than even physical pain. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and I'm pretty sure all of us, if we've lived any time on this planet have had some of those moments where the emotional pain is the real the real challenge for us maybe even letting go you know of something or letting go of a relationship that just hasn't worked out well or trying to mend a relationship that there's you know been some hurt and some wounds or you felt a little let let down or betrayed yes yeah absolutely i think when we feel that emotional pain, especially if it involves another person, once again, our natural reaction is to avoid it. Yeah. To think to ourselves, can I, can I just eliminate this person from my life? <laughs> That's our first thought. But a healthier thought is, can I, can I bring healing to this relationship? Yeah. You know, can I try to work it out with them? It doesn't always work out, and there are relationships we have to let go of because the other person isn't willing to reconcile with us. But often we don't give it a chance. I think yeah. we give up on relationships too quickly. And then that fuels the kind of sense of loneliness and disconnection that a lot of people struggle with. It feels a lot of significant pain that again, is not necessarily needed. You know, self-imposed loneliness because I don't want to have a hard conversation with someone. Yeah. It's <laughs> probably, you know, it's probably not the best right. uh, best way of, of dealing with pain. So when it comes to embracing pain or running towards pain, this is about a change of our mindset, a mindset that would accept pain as a consistent and good part of life, useful part of life. Pain is the price we pay for playing the game of life. Yes. If you wake up in the morning you know you're going to face some pain. Guaranteed. But if you accept that, the pain you face will be less painful. Yeah. The other thing, another great way to use pain, so to speak, is it does hurt to let go of pain. Mm. And this is a weird, kind of a weird thing. We're used to certain pains in our lives, and so it's uncomfortable to let go of some of that. Yeah, because it's familiar, and we're entering into uncertain territory when we let go of it. But that's another pain that we can embrace, where we can use every day to let a go of a little bit of past pain. Yeah, and just say, you know what? I don't need to carry this anymore. I can let that go today. Yeah, and that's a that's that's going to hurt as you as it comes out, but once it's out, it's gone forever, and yeah. it's a it's a wonderful. It's really a wonderful pain to experience because it's the last time you're going to experience that one. Yeah, yeah, that's brilliant. <laughs> and one we don't often think about. So we embrace this pain in our everyday life 
And some, of course, will be bigger doses of pain and some challenges and issues, of course, be harder than others. But I think just the act of embracing that this pain is part of life immediately helps us uh, channel the useful pain to the good that it can accomplish. Yes. And helps us more quickly eliminate the useless pain that we didn't want to face, but once we face it, it actually can be dealt with very quickly. Yeah, let me give you an example from, from my life, and that is I, I really like having like a clean house and an orderly environment like that. That's always something that, that I've enjoyed. And so I've learned, I've, I've disciplined myself to make my bed first thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've heard, you know, there's whole books written on this this topic, but basically I'm starting the day off with a tiny little bit of pain. Yeah. You know, it's not much. It's probably almost painless, but it's something I don't feel like doing. So I'm, I'm doing something I don't feel like doing. And it gives me just that little bit of order in my life. And then if I maintain that mindset throughout the day, I can embrace the mundane tasks of life as an opportunity to bank some pain. Yeah. So I got to wash the dishes. You know, that's not mm-hmm. fun, but let's just do it. And guess what? When I embrace it, it's not bad either. Yeah. You know, but if I just do it without thinking, basically, I always feel better at the end. I enjoy the result of it. And I'm kind of, it's kind of getting me out of that. Just hit the pleasure, feel yeah. good button and do what feels good. You know, the lazy cycle in a way. Absolutely. Well said, Will. I think that's a great place to wrap up today's episode. What will we be talking about next week? Next week, we're going to talk about self-binding. What is that? And how can it help us deal with this pain-pleasure balance? Well, that sounds fascinating. But for now, you have been listening to Everything is Better Than You Think with Dr. Rick Johns and my brother, Dr. Will Johns. Thank you so much for tuning in. We look forward to being with you again next time. 